This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, also known as the IPC, and we are broadcasting live right here on channel 1138.com, and boy, oh boy, it's episode 301. My goodness, last week was a heck of a lot of fun. I'm sad that it's over, but hey, here's the 300 more, because, you know, this show's not stopping, all right? We're going to keep on going, and we don't have all the amazing guests that we had last week, but we're still going to have a heckin' good time, and uh, it's going to be a blast. But before we get into it, of course, introductions are in order. If you're new to the show, my name is Ben, and joining me is my illustrious co-host, my good friend, Mr. Zach Arnold. How's it going, man? Uh Gave me such a, a pompous and and hoity-toity introduction. I was gonna come in with my Joker laugh, but I can't do that now. <laughs> Buzzkill. I know, right? It's like, oh, illustrious. You, I, I can't have. I don't, an illustrious... I don't know where that came from because I don't use that word. I, I it just really came to me. I really don't either. But it's a great word, isn't it? And and this was a really really great last couple of weeks the anticipation leading up to episode 300 getting to actually celebrate episode 300 like there are a lot of podcasts that fizzle out long before you get to 300 and we made it and we're still going strong things might look a little different in in the days and weeks to come we'll have more on that probably next week but the show's still gonna happen there's still going to be fun to be had. There's still going to be movies to review and discuss. We're, we're actually getting some new releases. I don't know if we're ever going to really discuss Tenet because everybody that I've talked to has said that movie was too cerebral for them. <laughs> like, like people said, if you enjoyed Inception, you will not enjoy Tenet. Like, that's how Whoa. cerebral the movie is. Like, like, super super thought-provoking like apparently you can't go to the bathroom in this type of movie you you can't like like zone out even for a minute you can't really even blink like if you are not watching the most important piece of this sequence then you're going to miss out on the payoff like two hours later because like apparently everything ties into everything and I was like, I don't know if I have the ability to keep up with all of that. <laughs> so, that being said, our next movie review might end up being something like New Mutants. I don't know. Something something a little... Something we can watch from home. Something, something a little less intense. Yeah, something that maybe we can stream. Uh, speaking of streaming, there's actually been some really good stuff releasing to streaming services recently. Yes, there has. So, um, I, I don't know, like, um, 
there's there there was something that just came out on Hulu, but I forget the name of it. And then HBO Max is doing a crap ton of stuff over there right now. Right, got just got renewed. Uh, Harley Quinn got renewed yep. today, I think. And mm-hmm. of course, they got you know, tons of other stuff happening too. So there's this there's this new show out that's called Raised by Wolves. Mm. Yeah, and I keep hearing about this. It's an HBO Max original, and I've had a couple of people ask me if I've seen it yet because apparently it's right up my alley. The synopsis is very brief, but it also sounds very interesting. Androids are tasked with raising human children on a mysterious planet. Oh. So, so it's it's off-world. It's sci-fi. It involves artificial intelligence and uh, like futuristic child-rearing, but probably in a very mysterious set of circumstances. So I'm I'm definitely intrigued by that. And then uh, what was the other one that I had heard about? Um, Tom Holland is in a new movie over on uh, Netflix. Yeah. And apparently apparently it's a really, really good film. It's called um, The Devil All the Time. Yeah, it's like, uh, what is it, kind of set back in the day, kind of a period period movie. Yeah. From my understanding, it's a it's a period piece with some other like mystery and drama thrown into it. Sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwoods town that is teeming with corruption and brutality. Yeah, it's, so it's uh... kind of on that on that border between Ohio and West Virginia, kind of in the middle of nowhere, and. Uh... It, it apparently tells, like, a, a story set in this town centered around Tom Holland's character starting from the end of World War II in the late 40s into the 1960s. Wow. So wow. it's like it's it's like an extended timepiece, essentially. Yeah, he's got uh, Pattinson's in there. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of lots of interesting oh, people. Yeah. Bill Skarsgård. Oh, um, yeah. From the movie It. Pennywise from It. Yeah. Uh, who else was in there? Sebastian Stan is in this movie. Yeah, and then there was somebody else. Uh, somebody from the Harry Potter franchise is in it as well. I forget who. But yeah, I'm uh, trying to look at the cast list. Yeah, you're. I think you're right. But uh, yeah, looks I'm looks interesting. Not, I'm, I'm not brushed up on Harry Potter enough. We watched the movies, but like that was what two years ago. It's been a while. I feel, like, I feel like I feel we're, we're gonna we're, we need to bring back DJ Crazy Train for for a revisit some one of these days. Uh, I'm I would be up for that. I I need an excuse to go back and watch those movies again. <laughs> Maybe not like a full on review, but like you know, go back, watch a few of them, talk about it some more because uh, that was fun. That was a lot yeah, of fun. Like like the the early days when they were kids, and then like when they're more adult age and we can actually talk about how hot they all turn. <laughs> yes. Yes. That too. That too. <laughs> I'm just saying they like the whole cast never long bottomed the heck out of like by like the fourth or fifth movie. It is amazing. Not just, not just based on looks, but also just acting ability and all that kind of stuff. Like the cast like you look at those three up together, basically, right? And and like you imagine like casting those three kids, going like, okay, you're going to carry this franchise for the next ten years or so, and then on top of that, you're casting two of 
quite possibly some of the biggest stars of today right now. Like, they're all three, like, still working. Emma Watson is huge. Um, Daniel Radcliffe is doing still stuff. And then uh, Rupert Grint is doing some, some, some other stuff, too, I think. Radcliffe was in an interactive Netflix show that helped close out the series for the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Really? Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember Kimmy Schmidt? Do you remember me talking about that show? Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. It, it's a really interesting show, and probably one of the best theme songs I have ever heard in my life. Wow. Have uh, oh my gosh! I need. I think I need to just go ahead and, and and get that up there. Like, have you have a listen to this because this is this is one. This is like one of my favorite, and I watch a lot of TV, so I know a lot of theme songs. This one is like top three for me. It's right up there with like the Andy Griffith show as far as top theme musics go. Damn. Yeah. Here we go. I love it. I love it. If you like actually watch the theme, like there's this there's this guy who was living in a trailer and found out that Ellie Kemper's character and and a, and a bunch of other people were trapped in a fake post-apocalyptic bunker and were forced to join a cult. And <laughs> and then like he's he's like singing this song about how they were alive they were actually they weren't dead they weren't gone they had just disappeared and like all kinds of crazy stuff happens to kimmy after she gets out of the bunker but every episode is introduced with that song reminding you of where they came from wow and like the more invested you get in the show the more into the theme song you get <laughs> and by like the by like the final season i was dancing in my couch like oh breakable and there's like arms swaying and elbows flying and my feet are tapping. Like, I don't know. Like, there's just something about that song that gets me hyped for life and for the show. <laughs> All that to say, Daniel Radcliffe is in the series finale of that show. <laughs> I did not know that. I would not. Yeah. I, I, the only thing, like, the biggest thing I know is, like, or I see it in memes a lot, is, like, the one where he's got guns, like, nailed to his hands. And he's like, I don't even know what the name of the movie is, but it looks ridiculous. Yes, where he's where he's in the, in like the bathrobe, right? Right, right. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it either. And there's the other one where he's playing a corpse. I can't remember. There's like a dude on the island, and he's got a corpse, and it's Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, that, that dude! That dude's been in some crazy movies. Daniel Radcliffe as a corpse, boy. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> Because his acting career sure isn't dead. No, no, apparently not. Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man is the name of the movie. Uh, see, that's that's what stalling can do for you. You just like talk and talk and talk, and then eventually you get what you want to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Podcasting. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. magic. Okay. The magic. I know, I know that I know that I know that you covered this in great detail just yesterday. Spent like an hour and a half on a minute and a half. Seriously, that's the way it's gone for most of my Star Wars buds. Everybody is so starved for Star Wars content right now that this 92-second trailer just turned into this huge in-depth analysis. Whoa, where is this creature from? What is this planet setting? And I'm just like, can we just appreciate it for what it is? And also appreciate the fact that we didn't see Ahsoka in the trailer? Like, Yeah, yeah. Like, I want that to be suspenseful. I want to wait on that. And I don't really want to see the Darksaber in action until it's actually time to use it. So please don't tease us with it and don't put it in the trailers like we know it's there those of us who've watched the first season those of us those of us who have like watch the message boards constantly there's tons of discussions and speculations about this stuff like can we just appreciate it for the fact that it looked more like a movie trailer than it did a tv show trailer like that's the thing i was most impressed about right right and and of course as you said mandalorian season two Coming back, we're about two months, less than two months away now. Uh, like six weeks? Yeah, yeah, it's really not far, and they dropped that teaser trailer. Finally, finally, after like weeks of like, oh, it's coming tonight, it's coming tomorrow morning. (laughs) And when it finally started leaking, I'm like, no, it's not. I'm going to believe it when I see it. And then it it came. They just just randomly dropped it on 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 a, what was it, Tuesday morning? Yeah, so uh that was, that was weird because it like it wasn't on the the Monday night football premiere. That's when I would have expected it to happen. It wasn't def- even on like Good Morning America. Like they just dropped it. It just showed up. Like okay, fine. We get it. You want to watch it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but like there have been some trailers, if I'm being honest, there have been some trailers from Lucasfilm that feel like they just kind of spliced a few things together and played some music underneath it and it's like, there it is. But it didn't feel that way with this one. Like, this one thought this seemed very well thought out and it seemed very deliberate in, like, taking some of the old dialogue and using it to set the stage for what the new season is supposed to be about. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they, they, they went to a lot of detail to, to make sure you understood that we are picking up where we left off and this is the direction we are taking it. It's a, it's a true teaser trailer. You know, it doesn't show you yeah. too much. It's just flashes of, okay, this is going on, this is going on. It's focusing on Mando and the child. And then you, you get some of the dialogue from previous seasons. A, and, a true teaser, though, was the Force Awakens teaser. <laughs> oh, legendary, legendary. Boy, howdy, did we get teased with Force Awakens. Oh my gosh. And that movie had like what, three, four trailers? Yeah. Because <laughs> you had the the you know announcement, not announcement like the first first teaser, like uh, the what was it, Thanksgiving weekend and then Awakening. And yeah, that one. And then, you know, you had the the regular trailer, then the other trailer, and, you know... And well, and there was, like, the, the little 30-second TV spots that they were doing, And there's, too. like, a thousand of them always. I'm sure we're going to get a thousand of those for uh, Mando eventually. But I'm satisfied. I don't need anything else. I don't want anything else. It's time for that, though, aren't we? 
like like ah. you said, it's at the end of October, so we're like six weeks away from that. But see, here's the thing, though. With being that it's a TV show, being this going to be released weekly, you're going to have like them like, okay, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Now, okay, let's flood the market and tell everybody it's on right now. New episodes coming every week, and then you're gonna you're not going to be able to open a YouTube video without seeing a new ad for Mandalorian. Like it's going to be nuts. Well, I think I think there's going to be a lot of image display on Disney Plus too. Like as soon as you open up Disney Plus, one of the top rotating scroll bars at the top is going to be the Mando. Season two has its own like uh, landing page, right? Right now, so like. They've already they're already committing. They what, know they know what they've got. What what was what was your favorite part of what they sent to us? Ooh, it's uh I think like the the it's funny, it's not like something we've never seen before, but the most awe inspiring one to me was the the speeder bikes jumping off that ramp and then going in that canyon. Like yeah. So cool, and just taking something that, like, yeah, we're all familiar, we've all seen spider bikes, we've all seen, we've probably seen this planet before, but, like, just doing it such a different way, and, yeah, and I'm like, how are they jumping off this thing without, like, (laughs) killing themselves, but I guess there's some good repulsors on those, uh, on the speeder bikes. Usually that means that they crash and burn, like most stormtroopers, so, I don't, I don't know, um... I think I think I liked when uh, the child recognized that a fight was about to happen and closed up the shell. That's the best. What What are those things that come out of his wrist called? I forget what they're called. They're called whistling birds. I knew it was something birds. I wanted to say whistling owls, but it didn't sound right. <laughs> like why owls? I think I'm. Well, mixed... I mean, you got the night owls. From, yeah, I'm, from I'm Clone probably Wars. mixing it up with Bo-Katan. You're right. You're right. Um, but, like, he sees the whistling birds on Mando's wrist and just <laughs> closes it up. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not going to be part of that. I thought I thought that was clever. He's a 50-year-old like, baby. He's pretty smart. He, start, he, he, know, he knows when, start, when, when trouble's coming. to understand Mando's tendencies and anticipating them, which is also not just, like, based off of a bomb, but that seems rather force-intuitive as well. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I, his, I love the whole personality of the child that, that they're sure. establishing. Sure, sure, for sure. I know our friend Dan is really excited about all of the Quarren that we saw in this trailer. Lots of Quarren. Lots, Lots of Quarren. Lots of Quarren. So are they just traitors, or do you think it might be slave labor? That's an interesting question. I, I you know, it could just be that they're on a planet with a bunch of. You know, they're aquatic species. They're going to hang out around the ports. Maybe so. But I, I want to believe that this is Moncala. I want to believe this is their home planet. And that, you know, Din's going to show up there and take a boat ride. Well, okay. The boat the boat ride reminded me of the boat ride that they take in the Lost World Jurassic Park. You're right. It's like this big, like, ferry thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a big flat mm-hmm. boat. Yeah, big flat boat, kind of like what they're transporting all of the stuff, the research stuff on in the Lost World. And the the choppy waters and the sense of impending doom, it all just felt very Jurassic Park-like to me. Very much so. And I I would not put it past them to put in, like, some, some giant sea creatures or something like that. that attacking would be, the boat. 
That would be pretty cool. Get like a Kraken type creature, a Leviathan of some sort, maybe. Maybe. Or a big shark. We call it a, 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 I don't know, a a Meg, just to be funny. (laughs) Hey, the Meg was a good movie. The Meg is this generation's Jaws. Really? That's That's a hot take. In my opinion, it is this generation's Jaws. Interesting. Pretty good movie. I I liked it. My sister liked it. My dad liked it. So if I can get two out of the four members of my immediate family to like it, and I think my brother in law likes it too, I can't remember for sure. But if I if I can get that many immediate people to like a movie, it's a likable movie. I'll just put it that way. It's not very easy to get that many people in my family on board with one movie. That is impressive. Uh, let's see. Kenny in the chat says, I wonder if the ice planet in the trailer is the remnants of Hoth post-Jedi area, or is it uh, Corellia? Well, okay, I think what Kenny's referring to is, if he's if he's talking about the ice planet, is the fact that in The Force Unleashed, you go to Corellia, and it's like this snowy, mountainous planet. Interesting. And, of course, in Solo, it's not. It's like this dungy... It's it, it's planet, but it but it can have like north and south poles, couldn't it? I mean, based on science, science and like actual like environments, like a planet such as the one we're on right now would have like different environments. But usually in Star Wars, the science in Star Wars is there's only one biome, it's <laughs> only one environment, the yeah. whole planet. Yeah, that's true. Which is kind of weird okay in the books well okay the books that i read there was like a colorado rockies type of um ski resort at the northernmost pole of coruscant hmm interesting and see like you go way back to uh uh air of the empire like uh, coruscant had like peaks on it and stuff you know, mm-hmm. like you see, like mountains and stuff like that off on the horizon, and then you you get the prequel version is not that way at all. It's very much uh, landlocked or, or city locked. The entire planet is one big city. The famous line. I mean, I I like that concept though. Like, what did that planet used to be before it was all city? Yeah, it's really a fascinating concept and something that. We don't see enough of in Star Wars. You know, they're always like, "Oh, let's go to these like, you know, big open spaces." No, no, let's go to a city where like billions of people live on top of each other. Forest, all snow, all whatever. Uh, <laughs> is there, there's a there's a water there's a water planet with Mon Cala. I mean, there's like I don't. We do get some. I'm mean, just in this season. In this season of Mandalorian, we're gonna get some. Pretty interesting, you know. We're getting, a, as you said, like ice planet, which could be Ilum or whatever. Um, yeah, getting a water planet. I heard, I heard somebody say it could be Ilum. I'm curious about that because, like, if you're trying to return the child to Force sensitives, it makes sense that that would be one of the places Force sensitives end up going to. Yeah, like I think it's. I think it was a secret at some point, but like maybe it's well known now, or maybe Din finds out that hey, this is a a Jedi planet. You know, where else is it going to go? Didn't Anakin know about it? Wouldn't he have gone there during Operation Nightfall? So, after Order 66 and after the Rise of the Empire, they basically strip-mined 
Ilum. That's what I thought. And so you go to it, like you play Jedi Fallen Order, you like go to the planet. And you can see, like, okay, so the reigning theory now, this hasn't been totally confirmed, but it's been all but confirmed, that Ilum becomes Starkiller Base. Really? Yeah. So, and there's a lot of evidence to support it, including in Jedi Fallen Order, when you go there, there's a giant, like, strip hole in the side of the planet that looks like Starkiller Base. Really? See, all I did was watch the cutscenes of that. Me too. I don't remember anything about Ilum, though. I think, uh... Yeah, I don't... Was that that after Dathomir? All I know is with... With Jedi Fallen Order, it wasn't like a super linear game. Like, you kind of had planets you could kind of go off to. I'm not sure all the planets had, like, significance to the story. Uh, I don't know. I haven't played it. I've only watched the cutscenes. And it depends on what cutscenes you're watching, because sometimes they cut stuff out that's important or whatever. So, I don't know. I know Elam's in it. And I know, like, you can, like, do a lot of... In the game, you can do a lot of the stuff that you do that they do in Clone Wars when they go there. Interesting. It, it still isn't convincing me enough to go and play a new video game. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. I'm, I'm just not a gamer. I'm sorry. And what's really funny is it kind of alienates a part of our listener base. They're like, I wish you guys would talk more about video games. Dude, if we talked about video games, you would hate us. <laughs> You would stop listening to this show because all we talk about is how we kept, like, falling down the main reactor shaft trying to escape the clones during Order 66 at the very beginning of the game. Like, I wouldn't even make it out of that. I, okay, for frame of reference, I I could not beat the Darth Vader level of Episode 3 of Lego Star Wars for like almost a month. Are you t- you're talking about the one of Mustafar? Yeah. That's a hard one. Because, That's really hard. Because you've got to like jump away from the lava on the bridge and you've got to like force throw stuff at Anakin and like catch it and throw it back to him. You've got to like learn when to do the parries and defenses. But then you also have to know, like, when he's backed off long enough to attack. And he's got, like, ten hearts, and you get, like, two by the time you get to that final battle because you, like, lost your health getting to that point. Like, it took me freaking forever just to get to that part of the level with a full slate of health. And even then, I still wasn't beating him. So... That was that was a tough game for me, and it was it was just I was I, I, that was what sealed the deal for me was like if I if I can't play Lego Star Wars what business do I have doing game reviews for other people? <laughs> Man, I, Lego Star Wars is brutal. I don't know how they can call it a kids game. It's brutal. It's okay. It's it's pretty tough. But it like it's also really intense too. Like there are some scenes where you're just like, "Whoa, that's a that's a little bit too much, even for a Lego game." Uh, some of the dog fights that they have in Episode Five are really tough. I think there's there's an episode where the a, a level where the Falcon's trying to escape the Imperial fleet, 
That's a good one. I like that, that. one. Was tough, man. That one was tough. But here's here's another piece of context for you. Like, I didn't get my first gaming console till I was thirteen. <laughs> Probably same for me. I did not really play video games much as a kid. I played on my neighbor friend's Nintendo 64, and basically the only thing he wanted to play was either Madden or Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, gosh. And he kicked my butt at both of them because it was his console, you know? Of course. And so I played that a bit, and then I had a friend in middle school who had a GameCube, but the only game he would let me play, he didn't trust me with, like, his legend of zelda games or anything like that he was like you're gonna screw up my stats so the only thing he let me play was mario baseball (laughs) wow so by the time i got to like 13 14 i got a ps2 and the first three games that i got was ncaa football ncaa baseball and star wars battlefront 2 oh wow those were like my only games for a couple of years there. And then I started quote unquote branching out, but it wasn't to like racing games or anything like that. No, my next video game. Okay. I'm going to show like my sheltered Christian homeschool side. My next video game was a, it was a game based on Larry boy. From Veggie Tales, ah. <laughs> and it it was actually pretty tough. The levels there were pretty tough, mostly because the controls were so limited. Larry Boy only has a certain few specific functions he can perform, and if you don't know which functions to perform at which time, you're gonna get stuck on a level just because you don't know what you're supposed to do. So. Yeah. It was it was it was it was a pretty immersive game. It was based off of the the Temptation episode with the bad apple in it, and the cutscenes were actually clips from the actual episode. So you were basically walking through the episode as the cutscenes were progressing through the show. Wow. It was it was interesting, but um, I don't know where I'm going with this. My video game my. My my experience with video games was super, super limited, and if that is how I cut my teeth on video games, I just don't think I'm qualified to do video game reviews. <laughs> like, compare, compare Larry Boy to uh, uh, Skyrim or Red Dead Redemption 2. It's, it's, there, there is no comparison. No, no. We're, we're, we're amateurs, guys. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just true. It's just the truth. What games did you grow up on? Ooh man! Well, Lego Star Wars for one. Like, yeah, duh. That's that's thing. See, I had, I think the first gaming console I had was an actual original Nintendo NES. Okay. And I did all those games. We're talking Duck Hunt. We're talking Super Mario. Um, some of the other ones, but like those things were like. Super. I didn't didn't really put you on the spot. I was talking about my video games. I just thought it would be natural that you'd reciprocate and talk about yours. (laughs) All I know is I had an NES, and then one time it fell from a shelf face first into the floor. Oh. And the, the, um, like the controls that like plug into the front of the machine were shoved into the machine and broke 
it still worked, but it required those things to be permanently taped to the machine. So you couldn't unplug the controllers ever. I think they're still plugged in wherever that thing is. Man. That was my childhood, by the way. I'm I'm telling you, I I guess I guess we were we were part of that um that time where super sheltered southerners thought that video games were from the devil. Yeah, there was that time. My my parents never really thought that way, I don't think. There was a there was a time they got pissed at me because I was addicted to Battlefront 2. I was legitimately addicted to it. I would not stop playing it. And I mean, they were like, stop! If there was ever a game to get addicted to, that would be it. Well, I found... See, I played Battlefront 2 for, forever, and then I found Battlefront 2 online. I found uh-huh. the servers. Completely different experience, and I just got sucked in. And it was bad. Uh, nice. Yeah, my sister was that way with uh, Minecraft for a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. Minecraft is a very dangerous hole to go down because there's no objective. You know, it can go on forever. There's like you, there is an end to it, but like you can still keep on going. As far as I know, you could just be on this thing and just keep building your house and making, you know, different statues and corridors and tunnels and all kinds of stuff. Like you could seemingly just be on this map for as long as you wanted. You're, you're literally in an environment that is limitless. That will keep generating yeah. more stuff. You just keep walking; it'll just keep going. Like yeah. so, like it's massive. Yeah, yep, yep. And she just played it whenever her free time was. Wow. Like lunch break, Minecraft. Got home from work, Minecraft. Back from school, Minecraft. Like everything was Minecraft. And then, and then Minecraft's like this whole. It's like religion now. Like, just everything. Like, you go in stores, there's, like, Minecraft toys and Minecraft Legos, and and just, it's it's insane. So is this how normal people feel about Star Wars, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> so. That's how people talk about me. Like, oh my god, he's obsessed with it. It's like his religion. Like his religion, and I go to stores, and there's Star Wars stuff on the wall, and dark... What, what is Star Wars? Poster, and they got these lifesavers that you can poke your eye out with. See, like, I can imagine, I mean, imagine, like, we're Star Wars fans, and we see Star Wars, like, everywhere. Like, there's movies coming out all the time, there's Mandalorian, whatever, like, we're excited about this. Imagine being a person that has no idea what any of it is. Like, what is this stuff? It's everywhere. It never goes away. Uh I'm grumpy about something that I don't know nothing about. Because, yeah, there's those people. Okay, that doesn't have to necessarily pertain to just Star Wars. You know that, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) No, sir. I'm grumpy about stuff I know nothing about. That sounds like half of the U.S. right now. (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. That's just, uh, that's life now. That's just life. I'm angry about this thing (laughs) that I don't know anything about. (laughs) yeah, okay, that's about as political as I'm. Gonna yeah, do. yeah, that, that's you can take that any way you want. I'm yeah. not gonna, I'm not gonna put any descriptions of that. No, no specifics. Just take that as you will, uh-huh. and it's there. Yep. And that's... we're going to move this way. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to something else. Like uh... Uh, Tatiana Maslany has uh, been cast as She-Hulk. Thank you for saying that because I, I did not know 
with uh, like what the what the pronunciation was going to be. See, okay, if if a person has been rumored for a Star Wars film, I know how to pronounce their name, and Tatiana Maslany is one of them. Okay, okay. I really don't know very much about She-Hulk. I didn't even know that that was a show that was in the works at Disney Plus. So this yes. is all very new to me. Okay, so I know a little about She-Hulk. I know she is Bruce Banner's cousin. She is kind of like Deadpool in the way that she kind of breaks the fourth wall. She okay. is a lawyer, and she is like permanently big and green. I don't think she hulks out. She is She-Hulk all the time. So she's a, imagine, big green woman who's also a lawyer that goes to court and defends people. Basically the bulk. Basically? <laughs> but instead of instead of science, it's it's practicing law. Exactly, exactly. So uh and Tatiana Maslani, well, I, I don't expect similar like CGI work like they did on Ruffalo in Endgame. I would assume it's gonna be like like uh, Professor Hulk. In Endgame, I would I would assume like like she's like full on like the CG suit whatever, and they just make her into She Hulk. Just her, just her face. Because she... I don't think Tatiana Maslany is like a super like big person. Like I guess they could they could cast like a like a Gina Carano type to kind of like to kind of be that like big buff person. I don't think Tatiana Maslany is that. So I think she's gonna need some help with that. Well, I mean, why bother getting a stand-in when you can just put the CGI around her with the motion capture suit? And that stuff's, like, so good. Like, again, Mandalorian. Like, yeah. we see the stuff that's on Man on Disney+. Plus. Like, this is not low-budget stuff. Like, they're putting a lot of money into this. Far and apparently Marvel is, like, putting all their eggs in on this. Like, we're going to have some really, like, top quality. Like, this is MCU level. Like, as far as story-wise, this is not, like... They're not going to ignore it like they did with the Daredevil. Like, this is, like, She-Hulk could be in the movies, potentially. Could be in the Avengers at some point. That would be interesting. I would I would be up for it. I wonder uh, if we'll get a, a cameo from Ruffalo. So, okay, on that note, I was, I was scrolling through Facebook, <laughs> uh, which I shouldn't do during the program. Yeah, I very dangerous. I apologize. But um, if we're talking, if we're talking about having moments of um, uh, um, hulking out. Apparently, Dwayne the Rock Johnson broke his gate at his house. Mondo, we posted that. Oh my god, <laughs> I saw that. So uh, apparently, he goes to leave his house, but his gate doesn't work. So he calls like the people that are gonna fix the gate, and he's in a hurry, and they can't get there in time. So he decides, what the hell? I'm gonna freaking break this gate. So he, with his bare freaking hands, he tore down this giant iron gate in his front of his house. I love his phrasing, too. He says, I tried to override the hydraulic system to open the gates. <laughs> so, and then next phrase. So I did what I had to do. I pushed, pulled, and ripped the gate all completely off myself. Ripped it completely out of the brick wall. Severed the steel hydraulic <laughs> threw it on the grass. If there was ever a man that had a Hulk out moment, it would be the rock. P 
Peyton Green. Like, he is, like, if they were going to do the Hulk again, and, like, if they are going to do, like, Lou Ferrigno style, like, you would get Dwayne The Rock Johnson to do it. Except he's supposed to be Black Adam. <laughs> There's no special effects in Black Adam. It's all Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's real. If you see him punching somebody or, or, or picking up a car, it's him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, Tatiana Maslany. I I don't know a whole lot of her previous work just because I'm not really caught up on current events as far as like movies and TV shows go. Right. I like, know she was in a TV show called Orphan Black where she played multiple versions of herself. Like she played like multiple roles. So that sounds interesting. I don't know how that could translate to this, but like obviously She's a freaking talented person. I think she'll do great. She was the lead in this show. A streetwise hustler is pulled into a compelling conspiracy after witnessing the suicide of a girl who looks just like her. Mm, yeah. So I guess there's like reenactments and flashbacks where she's not just herself, but she's also the person that looks like her, maybe. Yeah. I think there's something to do with clones or something. I'm not sure. Oh. I don't know. Never seen the show, so thing I just heard is good, and she's good in it. Interesting. Uh, apparently, the series concluded like three years ago. So yeah, wow. I don't. I I honestly I remember hearing about it, but I I remember almost nothing about it. Apparently, it was a BBC America show question mark okay that's what, right. that's what that's what the that's what the poster says now I'm like going to places like Amazon to see if it's streaming on prime or something <laughs> I'm curious wow 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 well it's gonna be interesting I'm just I'm just excited that uh, this is happening that this is a uh, thing. This, uh, orphan black season one included with your prime membership oh Orphan Black Season 2 included with your Prime membership. Well, I know what my next show is. Interesting. Very interesting. I've got, I've got too many streaming services, dude. I really do. It's, it's, it's a bad it's, it's I've a got, habit. I've got, I've got Netflix. I've got Disney+. Plus, I've got Amazon. I've got CBS All Access. And I just found out recently that uh, I got the the Disney Plus bundle that gives you ESPN Plus and Hulu, which apparently means I now have two Hulu accounts, and I didn't realize it. Well, really? Uh, yeah, because I've got my burner email that I signed up for a regular Hulu account like five years ago, and I forgot to shut it down. So my parents have been using my burner Hulu account, and I've been using the one that's part of the Disney Plus bundle. Oh, wow. So I'm just going to have to give them the login to the Disney Plus one because I need to shut down paying for an extra streaming service like that. That's just uh, that's ridiculous. And then my dad has a subscription to Sling TV, so if I want to watch anything live, I've got access to Sling. And then um, I'm using the, the free version of Peacock to watch stuff from NBC right now. Oh, yeah. I don't know why they chose the name Peacock. That's a stupid name for a streaming service. No, it's the Peacock in their logo. It's, it's, it's at least it's 
Uh, At least it's not NBC Plus. <laughs> there are so many other names that it could be, though. Like, they tried a little bit with CBS All Access. Like, okay. But now, now that is going to Paramount Plus. That's what that's going to be in the future. They're 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 changing it, or are you just changing it? That? No, no, they're changing it. That's official. Ugh. I didn't make that up. I wish I was. I hate that. I hate that so much. <laughs> you got Apple TV Plus, Disney Plus, Paramount Plus. ESPN I'm sure I'm missing Plus, one. Hulu Plus, HBO Max. At least they tried something different. Yeah, I don't have Apple, and I don't have HBO. Those are, like, the only two that I don't have. I actually have Apple for free because my mom got an iPad, and you get a free year of Apple TV Plus with your device. So have you seen the Jason Momoa show yet? I haven't seen anything. Because <laughs> that was the only one that really intrigued me. That and the Central Park show that was made in the style of Bob's Burgers. Those were, like, the <sighs> only two shows that I wanted to watch on Apple. I've heard uh, Tom Hanks, the Tom Hanks movie, Greyhound, is good. I haven't seen it yet. That's an Apple exclusive? Yeah. How... I didn't even know that was an Apple exclusive. Yeah. It's hard to keep up with all these things because, like, okay, this is over here and this is over here. It, did, did they make it an Apple exclusive because it didn't release into theaters? I thought that was supposed to be a movie release. I honestly don't know. I, honestly. I I assumed it was just, okay, we're releasing this for, for Apple TV+, Plus. But maybe it was. Maybe they just released it because obviously there's a lot of lesser-known movies that are like, okay, just put it on streaming and be done yeah. with it. Yeah, I wanted to watch that post-apocalyptic show C with Jason Momoa. Mm, yeah. Human that... race has lost the sense of sight and society has to find new ways to survive, interact, build, and hunt. All of that is challenged when a set of twins is born with sight. Interesting. It's like it completely turns everything on its head. Like you have to embrace the use of your other senses in order to survive. And then it's considered like special heresy to have a child that actually possesses the sense of sight. Like That's crazy. Like what a fascinating concept. It's like it's like the Book of Eli meets the 100 or something. Like, oh my gosh. Also, the 100 is back on TV. I heard this. Did, 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 did you know? Do you know about the spoiler? I heard the spoiler. I'm so mad. I didn't... <laughs> I, apparently everybody is mad about it. I didn't watch the episode. I didn't watch the show. I was going to watch the whole season and then like... Two hours after the episode is finished, Jason Rothenberg goes on social media and makes some sort of public statement about it. And I'm like, what the hell? Why would you do that? I mean, yes, the show has a cult following, but that doesn't mean that everybody watches it the night of the release. Like, give it 48 hours to breathe or something at least. Oh, my God. I, I saw it from, like, you know, second, third-hand people just mad about it. You know, people that were just reacting to it. I didn't know, like, one of the producers. <laughs> yeah. Producer, the executive producer, the guy that's been working on this show since day one, got a big head, apparently, 
and decided that his audience deserved an explanation for why he did what he did. And he makes a public statement on the main social pages of the TV show telling people what happened in the episode two hours prior. That's dumb. First of all, you don't need to do that, all right? You don't have to justify yourself. Exactly! Just do the deed and let it happen. Your show? Like, doesn't mean anything to you now. <laughs> Literally, you're in your final season. Do what you gotta do, tell the story you wanna tell, but don't ruin it for the people that haven't seen the show yet! Yeah, I don't, that's Gosh, dumb. Dude, you know, we have talked about this show several times on this podcast. Like, we've done entire season reviews, we have mentioned it, like, casually and offhand, off and on over the last couple of years. It is still easily one of my favorite sci-fi TV shows. It, it's great. It, it's, it's so good. So, so compelling. Great acting, great writing, great sets, great costumes, great storytelling, great cliffhangers. Like, there are so many great things about that show, but Jason Rothenberg is not one of them, damn it. <laughs> He's done this a couple of times before, talking spoilers about movies. And I'm like, dude, just cut it out. Oh, man. he I think he did that in season two when Clark had to had to kill her love interest. Do you remember that episode? I think so, yeah. He was causing problems with the grounders and and he she had to choose between peace with the grounders or the public execution of her of her bow and she ends up stabbing him herself. Right. Oh man, that's <laughs> was brutal. Oh my gosh. That that was one of those like clincher moments for me when I knew what kind of a show we were in for. And yeah. it was so good. And it, it's it's gotten a little weird at times over the course of a couple of seasons, but like trying to explain that away, explain uh, Jaha's death, explaining why the people in the bunker became cannibals for a time. Like you don't have to make public statements about every controversial topic. Well, and the the unfortunately, all these guys, the creators, are on social medias and they're watching this stuff happen. And they get real defensive about it, mm-hmm. and it's like you know that's fine. That you 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 made your story, you showed it to people, and you can't change it, and you can't make people like it or dislike it. It's just gonna happen, and so you don't really need to justify it. that's and doing that like showing spoilers like a couple hours that's a huge no no. But also just on a general area of like don't you don't have to like explain yourself. You know, in, in what world is that okay? Apparently, this one. <laughs> Apparently, his world. It's okay. because it's freaking twenty twenty. All right, it's just it's just the way it happens, I guess. It's just, just... that's just the way the ball bounces. <sighs> now, I will admit that it's probably for the best that the one hundred is finishing up its final season. Like it, it's had a good run. Yeah. One show that has well overstayed its run is another sci-fi post-apocalyptic adventure, The Walking Dead. It's getting yep. an 11th season, and they're finally saying this is the last one. <laughs> I don't know if I believe them. <laughs> because be, here's the thing, though. It's not the end because 
They've already announced there's going to be a spinoff show. Another one? Another one. Didn't we already learn our lesson with Fear the Walking Dead? <laughs> is that show still even on? Is. But it, like, slipped off into oblivion. Like Because, like, nope. we, 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 like, watched the first season here on the IPC podcast. Yep. We talked about it. Yeah. And then, like, a season or two later, they apparently... Like changed it all up. They killed off all the characters, brought in new characters, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, yeah, they they like changed the whole face of the show. It's insane, and so oh my like, but it's still a thing. Really, the season six premiere is October eleventh. Season six? Yeah. Whoa. The season. Okay, get this. The season five final two episodes there were 16 episodes in season five uh season five episode 15 had a 4.9 out of 10 star rating whoa how is that show surviving and the season five finale got 5.9 stars out of 10 damn there was no episode that went above a 7.7 out of 10 stars. And most of them ranged around the 6 to 7 range. So, like this show, I don't I don't understand. I don't understand why I don't understand why it's still a thing. But see like, it, like it's a franchise now. Like it's bigger than the one show. So like it's not even that big of a they're deal. Making, they're making like a movie trilogy with Andrew Lincoln too. Yeah, apparently that's still coming. Or I you know what? I'm going to say this right now. I don't think we'll ever see that. I don't think it's going to happen. I think we'll see the first one, and that's it. I don't think Walking Dead is nearly as big and as popular and as good as AMC wants it to be. It's, But that's the problem, is AMC doesn't have any other leg to stand on. So they are, <laughs> like, milking this poor cow dry, and her teats are chapped at this point. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, I don't want to, like... I don't want to harp on it too much because I, I genuinely have only seen a few episodes of Walking Dead. I watched one season of Fear the Walking Dead. Like, I, I, my opinion means squat, but like, generally, and, and g- based on the general consensus of the show, like, it just doesn't, it's just kind of fizzled. Like, it's just not that big of a deal. <laughs> like, it's can... not made the impact that I think they you're... want it to have. When you're setting a show in post-apocalyptia for 11 seasons, eventually you're going to end up rehashing old material. It's just inevitable. There was not one Star Trek series that lasted this long. Not one. Yeah. Star Trek The Next Generation believed to be the greatest of the Star Treks. Or, you know, it's debated to be, like, at least a classic. It only lasted seven seasons, and even then it probably overstayed its welcome. (laughs) There are very few sitcoms that last that long. Situational comedies! Okay? New Girl was, like, seven seasons. And Friends was like 10 seasons. The Office was 9 seasons. Parks and Recreation, 7 seasons. Seinfeld, 9 seasons. Seinfeld, 9 seasons. Thank you. You picked up where my slack was. (laughs) But you get where I'm going with this. 11 seasons is just too damn much for zombies. And I probably, the ratings are probably showing that. And they probably realized that. And, I mean, they were talking not that long ago. The show was just going to go on forever. 
a trope. Marketing ploy, dude. You you put that out there and say, oh, it's the final season, and then you boost your listenership, you boost your viewership that way. Your ratings go up because people want to see how the story wraps up. But like, they're not going to wrap it up because they don't want to resolve it because they got all these spinoffs that are going to keep going. Exactly. That is exactly my point. They are going to leave the show open-ended just enough that if – AMC gets the better ratings they're looking for. A couple of months after this quote-unquote finale, they're going to be like, you spoke, we listened, The Walking Dead has been renewed for a special 12th season. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they, I don't think they have any intention of actually quitting the show. I, and think, see... I think it's a ploy, it's a marketing ploy, to boost your Nielsen ratings, get it back to the quota you want it to be so that you satisfy your advertisers and justify renewing it for another season. And see, like, I love series that are, are tight, that are just beginning, middle, and end. It's telling one story, and it finishes and gives you that conclusion. And, like, a, a great example of this, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just ended. Like, and that show is connected to a larger universe, but, like, it had a really great ending. You know, like, it ended really well. It gave the characters a good send-off. It was like, oh, you know, I hate the show that ended, but, like, ah, it's it's good to have, a, like, a really solid ending that was satisfying. You're not going to have that with this show. It's not going to happen because they're going to end with a huge cliffhanger and then they're going to say, oh, this is going to be picked up in this show or that show or, or oh, surprise, there's a 12th well, season coming. We'll explain it in the spinoff. We'll explain it in the movie. We'll explain it in the miniseries that's happening on this new extension streaming program. It's going to be AMC Plus exclusive. And and you know what? That's If you're a hardcore fan of The Walking Dead, and I, I know there's a lot of people out there that love the show. It, it wouldn't be as big without them. And you're probably jumping up and down for this stuff. But it's just, it's not a, appealing to me as someone who has watched The Walking Dead from afar who has wanted to get into this show really truly for a while it's not that appealing I really I honestly dude I don't mean to say this derogatorily or, or negatively but the things that I have seen on that show do not strike me as the kind of material or the kind of content that you might enjoy oh I know exactly what you're talking about there was one episode I watched and it's with what's his name? I can't remember his name, but there's one part where like he's in a barn or something like that. There's a zombie laying down <laughs> on the floor, it's obviously dead, and he goes and rips the zombie's arm off yeah. for some unknown reason. And yeah. I was watching that going like, Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Not for yeah. me, boy. Yeah, well there's that and there's the fact that there's like cannibals on the show like like it's not just people against zombies it's like people against other people who eat people yeah like that's a, that like that's i think that's season. the kind of the whole point of the show is that it's not necessarily about the zombies it's like the zombies are the oh. backdrop yes 100 percent. and and i think that's part of what makes the show so deceitful is it's like oh we only get like two or three episodes a season that actually involve the zombies it's it's usually about like the people who have the compound and the way that they manipulate the other people in the name of survival and other crap like that. Like very little of it actually involves, 
you know, defending yourself against the zombies. But when you do, you see somebody with like a katana blade just slashing heads off and stuff like that. Or you, you see somebody who's like, like got a fever that's spiking because they were bitten and they have to decide, you know, do they want to allow the, the virus to spread or do they chop their arm off in the name of staying human or something like that? Like it's these really, really far out there, like personal dilemmas that you know would never actually happen but somehow they throw a little dramatic music in the background and all of a sudden it's super compelling it's like okay you can stop playing that really drawn out violin solo now I get it they have to chop off their arm (laughs) god (laughs) do you see what I mean (laughs) I know it like it's this show is stupid (laughs) <laughs> i don't mean to like like really call out my friends who are fans of the walking dead but at its most basic principles the show's kind of dumb yeah that's oh. it's yes so this is, this is news it's getting its final season but this news is about five seasons overdue in my opinion yeah yeah well maybe one day we'll go back and rewatch every single episode and we'll review it on the show and then we'll talk about how stupid it is. I think our friend Steven Schinder in the chat might appreciate that. He's got a lot of thoughts on The Walking Dead. He's like, it's not just zombies. It's what the apocalypse does to people, how it can corrupt them. It says, they're resolving the storyline of the cast that the main show has been following. The comics came to a fantastic ending. I'm sure the TV show will have an ending. I think the spinoff is following different characters... Walking Dead World Beyond is following different characters in Nebraska 10 years after the beginning of the apocalypse. I'm sorry, we just got done with middle of nowhere Georgia. Now you're taking us to the middle of nowhere Midwest. I don't want to see that. (laughs) That's weird. The cannibal storyline was amazing. You can only do so much with zombies. I like that it delves into people. The survivors are the Walking Dead. Completely missed the point of the show. Mm. I disagree. (laughs) Like I said, You've actually watched it. My opinion means squat, so I because I haven't seen the show, so like, feel free to disagree and and tell me I know nothing. Um, but I I don't know. I genuinely I guess I'm just gonna need to watch it one of these days. I'm just gonna need to watch it from beginning to end here's, to know the other and maybe get the nuance of it. Here's the other problem: people latch on to certain characters. They get emotionally invested in certain characters, which is something I am still learning how to not do. Like, there there are some shows like Game of Thrones where you just can't get attached to anybody. Everybody's fair game. Everybody's going to die. Just kill them all. And when Glenn died, that was a big deal. Glenn, that's who I was thinking about earlier. Oh, there's an Amber Alert in my town. Amber Alert? I had my phone muted, but Amber Alerts supersede the, 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 the volume controls. So... Oops. Interesting. Okay. Well, it's important. It's important. Whoever whoever got kidnapped, I hope you get found. Yeah, because uh, we're not helping. Because we're 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 uh, we're here in our home studios. Well, okay, but I also am kind of helping because I'm not going out and investigating and getting in the way of the people who are actually on the search. Exactly. See, you are helping. You are a good person. By by not helping, I actually am helping because now I'm not in the way. It's always, always an interesting way of looking at it. That, that's 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 my logic. I'm sticking to it. Um, when Glenn died, 
that was kind of the breaking point for a lot of people that I know. They were like, oh, okay. they 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 were they were too attached to Glenn. They were too attached to like the main characters that had been around since season one. And when Glenn died, it just turned people off to the show. They were like, I can't believe they would do that to Glenn. He did nothing wrong. He was an angel. He was perfect. He did he did nothing, and you still kill him off like that. Like didn't some... they fake him out at some point? I, I, you know, dude, I don't... What, what, there was something to do with a dumpster that he, like, he hid under a dumpster, and they thought he was dead, but then he was alive, then come, then, I think, later Negan, like, bashed his head in. Yes, that's, that's when he actually died, and the, the, the funny thing is, that was a season finale, the whole Negan execution sequence, and you are watching it from the perspective of the person that gets hit, so the season finishes with the blow coming to you from a POV perspective. And then it cuts to credits. Oh, yeah. So people spent an entire off-season wondering who it was that Negan hit. And hardly anybody speculated that it was actually Glenn, because they're like, oh, no, Glenn's safe. He's made it this far. It can't be Glenn. And then you get to the next season, and it's Glenn. And you're like, son of a bitch. (laughs) So, yeah, that was... But, I mean, it was establishing no one is safe. Yes. People love Game of Thrones. It's funny how people get upset about their favorite characters getting killed. Oh, they didn't deserve that on whatever show, but everyone loves Game of Thrones because that show will just kill off anybody Uh, without remorse. So, like, it's funny. Yep. Yep. Which is why <laughs> another another one of them fighting words coming from our friend George in the chat. He says, them's fighting words, Zach. Yeah, well, fight me. I don't care. Oh. <laughs> um, but We've angered the Walking Dead fans. Like, yeah, they're rising up against us in the chat, apparently. Um, but to me, this is just further justification why Game of Thrones is a better show than The Walking Dead. <laughs> well, then... Well, then, if there was ever a show that you needed to latch onto and get into and might actually enjoy some of the storylines and stuff that's happening in it, I would definitely recommend Game of Thrones before I recommended Walking Dead to you. Yeah, odds are I'll probably watch Game of Thrones before The Walking Dead, but it'll still be a while for both of them. Yeah, I don't I, I don't blame you. Like like I said, I, I feel like I've known you well enough to know what stuff you're going to watch first and and like what stuff you're going to end up watching later. I feel like you need to watch Avatar the Last Airbender. I feel like that is 100% up your alley. I feel like I feel like you need to watch The Dragon Prince also up your alley. Um The Last Airbender the sequel called The Legend of Korra. Definitely need to watch Legend of Korra. That's a good show. Um I'm talking about a lot of animated shows. I don't know why I'm talking about animated shows right now. Um <laughs> Like, those three are all animated programs, and my newest addiction is something that just dropped today, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Yeah, I've heard about this. It came out today, like, as of this day that we recorded it, Friday, September 18th of 2020. I, I, oh my gosh. I watched the first few episodes. I skipped ahead. I know that we had tentatively talked about potentially watching them on the show, and I am so down to watch them again because this is this is one of the rare instances where a TV show enhances the movie it's based off of. 
Really? Okay, so tell me about this. What is, what what is it set? What's going on in this? It is it is set just like days before the Jurassic World movie in 2015. Oh, okay. All right. They are on Ela Nublar. Nublar is at its peak. They're looking for ways to grow and expand and do new things. And one of the things that they're trying is a summer camp. And these six kids are the ones going on the trial run. But they said eventually when they get to their fullest size, they'll be able to have 150 staff members and 500 campers at a time. But they're they're testing it out on these six kids first to see how it goes. And from what I've observed in these first couple of episodes, it does not go well. <laughs> well, I can imagine it's just before the Jurassic World. Right. But the problem is there's other stuff that's going on. Like in I think it's like the first or second episode, um, one of one of the kids gets a little too nosy and, and like a little too explory and ends up in the Velociraptor pen. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's the weird thing is the trailer for this show pitched it like a kid's show but I've talked to several people who said that the cliffhangers at the end of these episodes have made them scream and left them on the edge of their seat and I actually screamed during episode 4 like like I audibly screamed because by episode 4 it's an 8 episode season by episode 4 the Indominus Rex has escaped and is wreaking havoc on the island and it actually attacks the kids who are attending the summer camp oh my god yeah. That's yeah. insane. So, like, some of the adventurous stuff that you see happen in the first couple episodes ends up turning into, like, like thriller, horror, escapism type of scenarios in the later half of the season. Wow. Like, like particularly, namely, this zipline that they've got. First episode, the kids are riding the zipline, and they're full of awe and wonder. By the fourth episode, they're riding it to get away from the Indominus. <laughs> Wow. So it like it's really, really well written. A little cheesy at times, but it's really, really well written. It's actually got like young people voicing young people on the show, which I really appreciated. Oh, that's cool. And then BD Wong reprises his role as Dr. Henry Wu. Oh really? Wow. They got one of the original yeah. cast members. They got one of the original cast to come back and he adds a lot of depth to what's going on in the movie as well. Because you're you're seeing a little bit of his pride showing up in this. You're seeing some of his secrecy showing up in this. There's a little bit of, like, mystery going on within the group as well. I'm not done with the season. So there's, like, some other underhanded stuff going on that I'm not quite sure how it's going to resolve. But somebody told me that the season ends on a cliffhanger. So I don't really know how eager I am to actually finish the season now because if I binge it all in a day, I'm going to have to wait like a year before I see what happens next. Oh, that's brutal. That's brutal. It's really You're like you're going to be like we me with Firefly like I I, I didn't watch the last episode of Firefly until like 10 years after I started. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be quite like that, but I I just I'm really enjoying it because they they make references to Claire Deering and her nephews they they make reference to um to to the fairies that i think there's a, a later episode that involves the mosasaurus tank the indominus as i said shows up the raptors show up so you get a, a sequence with blue in it like wow. there's there's stuff that pretty much directly ties into what's going on in the movie 
and yet at the same time does not or at least it hasn't yet i'm only four out of the episode eight episodes in but so far you have not had like a direct crossover outside of dr Wu. so basically everything that's happening with owen and claire and the boys it's like happening on a different part of the island and this is happening to the kids on another part of the island and their paths haven't crossed yet maybe they will later on but halfway through the season, it's been completely independent and yet also directly tied into the movie. It's fascinating. That's interesting. I'm I'm curious now, like, going forward through this season and the next season, like, if it could fill in the gap between uh, Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom? I think so. Because, like, you obviously a lot happens between those two movies. Right. And a lot happens in both of those movies together. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it, it would really be interesting to kind of, like, go forward with that and kind of, like, flesh all that out because there's a lot of stuff going on. Well, what's interesting is, in my experience, you form friendships through shared trauma in sequences like this. You know? Like... These six kids are going to have some sort of inseparable bond now because of whatever they experienced on Ila Nublar. And so now the question is going to become how do they take that and translate it to stuff that's happening off the island? Yeah, that should be cool. That's going to be interesting. And so I know exactly so I know what I'm talking about because the synopsis for the eighth episode talks about trying to catch the last ferry ride off the island. So, like, I can't oh. help but wonder, I can't help but wonder if it's like a race against the clock, trying to get away from the dinosaurs and stuff, and make it to the last ferry, and then the cliffhanger is something like they don't make it to the ferry, and they're stuck on the island. The boats left them behind, and there's six kids stranded on an island full of dinosaurs. Oh my gosh. That's wouldn't, wouldn't that be a heck of a cliffhanger? That's gonna be oh god, that's uh, or, uh-huh. uh that's crazy. Uh-huh. That's crazy. I, I I'm now I'm you got me hyped for this because like Seriously. this this like, I, I love I love anime shows like I love animation you know that so like you know this mm-hmm. is uh you know filling in the gaps in these shows and not just being just one off thing like it's directly contributing to the you know the mythology of these films and like filling in the gaps yeah i i think it can do that and i think the other thing that i really like about it is um they use a lot of john williams's original music in the show oh wow so like as you're experiencing awe and wonder through the eyes of these kids you're playing like the original journey to the island theme as they're exploring and stuff Oh wow! And it's that's it's, cool. It's beautiful. It's amazing. <laughs> Do you want to watch the first episode? Maybe. I, I I know we're on a bit of a timetable here because if we do that, we might not get to play our game, and I I kind of want to play our game too. Would you would Let's... you rather Would you rather play the game? Why don't we plan on doing like that at some point? Mm-hmm. Are we putting? What do you think? Are we putting it off again, or are you talking about putting off Camp Cretaceous? Cretaceous. Well, you know, saving by, saving by, that by the by the by the next time we are all on a podcast together, I will have finished the whole season. Maybe I will have too. Maybe we just do a whole season long review of Camp Cretaceous. I would be totally game with that. 
Yeah, because I'm going to be out next week, unfortunately. I know I jokingly said during the pre-show that I'm that I'm boycotting the episode. <laughs> Technically, I'm not doing that. Next week is the official first week of the season for high school football. And I'm going to be doing my radio play-by-play again this year. So This is where your real job intersects with your okay. after-time after job. Technically, it's, it's not even a real job. Just an extra job. Technically, my real job is working for an ATM company. This is like a side hustle, but this is a side hustle that has the potential to turn a profit. I know those. I know those kind of hustles. I Okay, so for reference, I have invested like almost $1,200 in this program that I'm doing, whether that comes wow. to equipment, uh, um, advertising – paying for like my new logo which jake damon did an awesome job by the way yeah i've seen uh, that the, it, it, it could be logo work it could be paying for mixler it could be the webcams that i'm using for certain video feeds it could be um paying for the new headsets it could be um just anything like i bought a whole new computer for this purpose you know wow. so i i've together over the last two seasons put in about 1200 bucks trying to trying to launch this thing and this year i'm getting sponsors that are going to be putting in pretty close to a thousand of that this year wow that's great so i'm gonna be reading a lot of commercials during the football game but that's okay because i am very very close to turning a profit on this it's all part of it and I'm I'm just I'm really nervous, but I'm also really excited that, you know, the community is finally recognizing my work enough that they're willing to, like, put money back into it. You know, that's great. That's so great. I'm 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 really, really excited, but I'm also really nervous because um, the team is actually playing in a professional stadium this year. It's not going to be like a little high school athletics complex. It's a converted professional baseball field. Uptown. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be like bougie. It's going to be loud. It's going to be uh, intense. It's going to be a little different. And I, 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 you know how I do with different. I don't do different very well. <laughs> I was stressing out about how this show was going to go about two hours ago. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I Look, look. Here's the thing. I've got a lot going on. We've all got a lot going on. It's the year 2020. Life happens. Yeah. And I am slowly trying to learn how to not sweat the small stuff, to not stress out about everything and just let things go because I can't control everything. Most things I can't control. So I'm learning to let go and just go, okay, whatever it happens. So this week we're trying to figure out what happens with the show. And I'm I'm very carefree about it. I'm like, okay, whatever. We'll just we'll figure something out. You know, it's not a big deal. What's the thing? And Zach is losing his mind. He can't like. What are you talking about? We have to have a plan. What are you like? You you. I could tell you were just your patience was at a just a minimum with me in regard to like how carefree I was about just doing the episode. No big deal. We'll just figure something out on the fly. Um, no, I can't do that. <laughs> You were you were like, uh, like 
we we didn't know if Jade was going to be able to make it next week. He's been he's been kind of busy as of lately. And I was like, uh, are we are we going to are we going to get somebody? Do we need to record the show early or something? And you're like, uh, after what happened last week, I don't even know if I want to set up a plan. I just want to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if Jake's not available, then I might just reach out to a guest and figure out a topic. And and the way I read that was, eh, I'll find someone and we'll talk about something. Yeah, it's like that that triggered meme just went off in your head. Oh, dude! It's like, like, ah, no! <laughs> How dare you winging it? Here's, How dare you? Here's here's the thing though. For the last two years, like like twenty, the end of twenty eighteen, all of twenty nineteen into twenty twenty, around two years total. We had had like a month by month schedule set up for what we were going to talk about. And it was coherent. It put everybody on the same page. We knew when to like request to to have different people on the show, tell them, hey, we're, t- we're talking Harry Potter in April. Who wants on? That kind of thing. And then COVID just kind of bleeped all of that up. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have a set movie schedule anymore. We don't have a whole lot of news to talk about anymore. Most of the stuff that we watch is through streaming services. Movie theaters just recently reopened. Although you can bet your ass that I'm going to go see Empire Strikes Back for its 40th anniversary. That yeah. that announcement made me really excited. I was, <laughs> I was super super stoked for that. So, I'm going to I'm going to muster up the courage and brave it out to go see empire strikes back in the theaters because obviously i didn't get to do that the first time around so better late than never (laughs) but i digress yeah (sighs) well well okay so we talked about the game we've we've now publicly promised we're going to do a camp cretaceous (laughs) review so that'll happen at some point yeah um don't know don't know when but we'll, we'll we'll get to it it's on the public schedule. If we don't get to it, remind us, guys, because yeah. this stuff happens. Yeah. So we've got a game to play, maybe, uh, for a few a, minutes. we got a game. Uh, how many rounds of this game do you feel like you can do? I Okay, I am set up to do, I believe, at least four. Four rounds. Okay. Maybe you can think up a fifth. <laughs> I will try. One, two, three, four. I got five. I got five. At five. I'm okay. ready. Okay, cool. Well, then I I have ten, but I can come up with my five best ones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got to get Jake to do this too. Like he wants to play this game too. He wasn't here to be able to be here tonight, so save him for Jake. We'll, yeah. we'll do this again. I can I can do that. I'll do the I'll do the first five uh, this week, and then the other five the next time. Two, yeah. three, four, five. Okay, this will be my cutoff then. I'm going to make like a little line in my notes so it's like, okay, this is this is where I stop. Okay, so for those of you who have listened to the show in the past, um, you, you know what to expect of this. For anybody who has not um, listened to the show recently, this is an old game that we used to play a couple of years back, and when we got to our 300th episode, we were like, you know, we haven't played this game in a while. I think the last time we played it was episode 250, possibly. Really? Wow. Like, it's not something that we do on a pretty regular basis, but it is something that we do as kind of a throwback to kind of remind us of where we came from. And if you listen to our 300th episode, the outro music was the theme to Galaxy Quest, which for a long time was our intro music. 
Yeah. So we like to remember where we came from, and we like to commemorate those things a little bit. And uh, I think this is this is a really fun way to continue that tradition with a rousing game of one, two, three. And uh, the it's it's basically one movie for the potential of two points by using three actors. And what Ben and I are going to do is we're going to go back and forth listing off three actors that may or may not have been in a movie together. And if we think that they are in an actual movie, like that trio has actually been in a movie before, then we're going to say that it is a real movie, and then we guess whether we think it's above or below 7 out of 10 stars on IMDb. If we think if we if we say that it is a real movie and we guess correctly uh, for the the number of stars, then we get a point. If it is not a real movie, then the person who did the fooling gets a point. Mm-hmm. Now, if we think that this list is BS, we're like, there's no way those three people are in a movie together. Then we call them out on it, and this person has to defend that trio. If they are actually able to defend it and it's an actual movie on IMDb, then the person who defended their list gets two points. If they get called out and the person who did the calling out actually discovers that it really is a fake movie, then the person who issued the challenge gets two points. Interesting. Did I miss a step? I think I got it all. I think that's everything. Okay. I think I think I think we're ready to go. So, um, does does somebody get a point if they guess the number of stars incorrectly? Like like let's say you guess that it is a movie, but you say it's below seven stars and it is above seven stars. So then, does that person who made that list get a point because you guessed the number of stars wrong? Or is it just no point? I don't know. <laughs> what if you get it right? Do you get do you get a point if it's right? Yeah, you get a you get a point if it's right. And the if it if it's a fake list, then that person gets a point for fooling you. But does that person also get a point if you guess the number of stars incorrectly? I guess by default they should. Okay. So they get a point if they fool you, and they also get a point if you guess the number of stars wrong. Makes sense. Okay. I think we've got it all figured out then. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Okay. Uh, I'll lead us off then. Uh, My first set of three actors is Paul Rudd, Mm -hmm. Seth Rogen, Hmm. and Danny Trejo. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's a little wacky. Sounds like a wacky movie. Could almost be too wacky. Mm. Could almost be a little fishy. Three, two, one. You're calling me out in the first round, huh? Yeah, I'm going to go for it. You're gonna you're gonna call me out in the very first round. Interesting. I didn't think you would have the guts to do that. <laughs> I don't know if I do or not, but we'll see. Well, well, my friend. Um, 
let, let me let me see here. Those those three people, they actually are in a movie together. Really? A a little two thousand and four comedy called Anchorman: The Legend of Ron Burgundy. That makes sense. All right, now that you mention it. It's got uh, Will Ferrell, Christina Applegate, and Steve Carell as the, the leading cast members, but then you've also got Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, and Danny Trejo all making appearances in that film. All right. Okay. So, two points to Zach in this little edition here. Very interesting. All right. All right, so ready for mine? I am ready for yours. All right, so my first one is... Includes, I should say, Ricky Gervais, mm-hmm. Ed O'Neill, mm-hmm. and Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang. Oh, interesting. Ricky Gervais and Stephen Lang in the same movie? Really? I didn't. I, I never would have pictured the two of them in a movie together. That that sounds that sounds really really unbelievable. But I also don't think you would would do a a a crap list right off the bat. Hmm. I also, by the way, listeners, we're kind of going on the honor system here. We're not stalling to do research. <laughs> like we're not looking. This is kind of the honor system. The only the only I'm looking at the show notes. I'm looking at the show notes. We're not cheating here. The only, no cheating. the only time, uh, the only time we can like go on IMDb or something like that is if we think this movie doesn't exist, and then we're like, "I'm telling you, it's an actual movie." Then we can go look it up, but we're not looking it up while, while we're talking. We're not stalling or anything. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna say that this is a movie. Can can you say who the middle person was again? Ricky Gervais, Stephen Lang, and who else? It was uh, okay. So Ricky Gervais, Ed O'Neill, Ed O'Neill, and Stephen Lang. Okay, see, Ricky Gervais and, and Ed O'Neill. I can. Could... He, he, okay, here's the thing: if you can look up an actor, if you like, don't know them off the top of your head, you want to Google them. I think that's fair to to Google that person. Oh, like like if I didn't know who Ed O'Neill was, or anybody like we don't know every single actor like that you know that's they're, they're, that's that's I, I tried, reasonable I tried, to, I tried to get people that that maybe we would recognize but i i get what you i mean. i think i do too i i don't i don't go super obscure uh neither do i um but you know what i'm gonna say that this is a movie and i'm going to say that it is below seven out of ten stars below very interesting. A very interesting choice. It's funny, this one is not listed first in my in my list. I have on my notes on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um the first one in my list, I'm going out of order here, is actually a real movie. This one, however, is not. Uh so you didn't go from top to bottom. You just picked a random list, and that one was a fake list. Yep. Ah. Uh, okay. I see how it's going to be played. <laughs> I see how it's going to be played. So you fooled me with a fake list, so that's plus one to you. So at the end of round one, it's two to one. Okay. 
Okay, I see how it is. All right, buddy boy. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you ready? You ready for my next list then? I'm ready. All right, for my next list, I have Josh Gad, Peter Dinklage, and Drake. 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 Interesting. That's very interesting. And and also, I'm just thinking in the back of my mind, you know, what's the mind games going on here? Because obviously I called you out with the first one. And then I duped you in the second round. And so I don't know, like, if I should use reverse psychology. Did I give you a fake list to get back at you for giving me a fake list? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) but, But, like, it's Drake, so... That does sound real. It sounds too random to just be fake. But, and again, it could be reverse psychology. Maybe it is fake. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, This is not good. This is not good. Um, This sounds like, this is not like one of those animated movies. Like really like emoji movie level like crap movie. I'm going to say this is a real movie and it's below Seven stars. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. You're making me regret it now, but okay. Well, unfortunately, you are correct. <laughs> this is this is a, a little something something that I found called Ice Age Continental Drift. God, oh my gosh! It's one of the Ice Age movies. I was almost there. It's one of the it's one of the Ice Age sequels. Ice Age was bad enough, but then they made a whole mess of sequels after it. <laughs> and apparently, Josh Gad, Peter Dinklage, and Drake all did guest voices on this movie, which clocked in at six point six out of ten stars. Wow! Wow! Wow. Nailed it. Yes, I was sir. not expecting that. Yes, sir. You got that 100%. Woo! Like, the way you called it out as, like, the, uh, as, like, emoji movie quality, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that, that just made my day. That was fun. That was interesting. You, you you know movies pretty good. Either that or you just know how I play. I know movies. Which I is, know movies. Which is, which is scary. Oh, man. Okay, you're up for round two. Okay, so my next one is Peter Falk, uh-huh. Jack Lemon, and Harrison Ford. Peter Falk, Jack Lemon, Harrison Ford. Oh man, Peter Falk. I I didn't. Wasn't he on Columbo? Uh, yes, he was Columbo. Was Columbo, wasn't he? And he was in a movie with Harrison Ford. No, was he? See, now you're you're making me really really question a lot of. <laughs> You're, make, you're making me question reality as I know it, which is not cool, man. That's not cool. Peter Falk, Harrison Ford, and who else? Jack Lemon. 
I'm gonna have to look up Jack Lemon because I don't. Get, I don't remember, go right ahead. I don't remember what other stuff he was in. I'm not super familiar with him either, but I, I do know I've heard the name, and I'm I I have heard a lot about him. Uh, looks it goes like way back. Looks like he was in the Odd Couple. A lot of his stuff seems to be older work, which would probably tie in towards like the early to middle portion of Harrison Ford's career. Oh man. But what I don't know is if is if this is even a thing. Yeah, he he was he was in a movie version of the odd couple a long time ago. Okay. So Jack Lemmon Jack Lemon, Harrison Ford Peter Falk. Oh, man. Are you just... Uh, like, a small part of me questions whether you even looked at actual movies or if you just came up with a bunch of believable stuff and, like, all of your lists are just fake movies. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Mm, all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna say... I'm gonna say real movie. And I'm gonna say... Below seven. So your your answer is, if I'm hearing this right, it is. I'm saying it is real a, film, real movie. I'm saying it is a movie, and it's under seven stars. Interesting. Very interesting. You were almost there, and then you nailed it. <laughs> What is so, this film? This sounds like a really crazy film, but it also sounds like something that would not be very well reviewed. So, from July 28th, 1967, from director Clive Donner, starring Jack Lemon, Peter Falk, Elaine May, at 5.5 stars out of 10 on IMDb, we have Love. L-U-V, the film, Love. And that's got Harrison Ford in it? Okay, here's the thing. And this is why this movie actually stuck out to me. This is Harrison Ford's first ever film. Really? He plays, for a blink-and-you-miss-it cameo, a bellhop. He's in this movie for like ten seconds. <laughs> really? So it's a very, very brief cameo. And his first ever film role, I don't even know if he's credited or not. Wow. But he was in a movie with Peter Falk and Jack Lemmon. Okay. It's I, true. I'm, 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 I'm seeing his, his acting credit. It says uncredited, but he's listed as irate motorist. Oh, really? That's what it says on IMDb. Maybe I got my wires crossed. Hold on, I want I want to see if I can like Harrison. No, you're right. It does say that. Maybe I maybe uh, maybe I. May... 1967. Let me see if they got like a screen grab of it or something. Harrison Ford, irate motorist. Oh my gosh, what is that hat? <laughs> what is this? What is he wearing? That's not a Kangol hat. That's like a French beret. He's in a convertible. What is this? 
Oh, crap. That's not the right picture. I tried to save it on my phone. It didn't do it? Why didn't it do it? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I just went to, I just went to YouTube to look for Harrison Ford love, hmm. and I get Harrison Ford punches Jack Lemmon in the face. Wait. Listen to this. I don't know if it's actually going to be anything listed. Listen. Okay, they're they're wrecked a car. Harrison Ford's getting out of the car. <laughs> he just punched him. Oh, what a tasteless thing to do! He didn't say anything. He just got out of the car because the guy Jack Lemon like pumped into him. Jack Lemon's in the passenger seat. This woman's driving the car. She. Bumps into Harrison Ford's car. Harrison Ford says nothing, gets out, punches Jack Lemmon, gets back in his car, and drives away. So he, That is amazing. So he doesn't even say anything. He says nothing! He's just, uh, okay, so, oh, wait, I found it. So she's in the Volkswagen. She backs up. Oh, that's like a little fender bender. <laughs> that's hardly anything. That way they made the cars back in the day. Like, they couldn't hurt them like that. Wait. They're all metal. He reaches across the girl. <laughs> Not even She's driving the car. Driving, and he goes to the driver's side window, reaches across her, and punches him in the face. No wonder this movie got 5.5 stars. What is this? I don't even know what the plot is to this. Okay, this is not his first film role, I don't think, but it's one of his first, and it counts. Harry is a barely functional human. He meets an old friend who is having marital problems as Harry is about to leap off a bridge. His friend decides that Harry is the man to take his wife away from him so that Milt can be with his girlfriend. What the hell? (laughs) What is this? Ellen and Harry have an instant attraction, and in a short while... Harry is wearing Milt's suits, and Milt is free. But Ellen soon discovers that Harry is the world's worst roommate. Oh, my God. (laughs) This movie doesn't even deserve 5.5 stars based on that rating. No. What on earth? Well, okay. So I have um, three points now, and Ben has two after these rounds. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. All right. A score of three to two heading into round three. Are you ready? Ready. All right. For my next selection, we have Richard Kind, David Hyde Pierce, and Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell. I mean, I'm going to Google Roddy McDowell because I'm not placing him. He, probably... He's most notably known for um, Planet of the Apes. Ah, okay. He, All right. All he, right. he, was, he was one of the one of the two main talking apes that hangs out with um, with the humans. Interesting. Yep, yep, I think I recognize him. Yep, with, uh, yep. Charlton Heston. That's who it was, yeah. Right, right. Ronnie McJowl. What were the other two? Sorry. Uh, Richard Kind and David Hyde Pierce. Richard Kind and David Hyde Pierce. Okay. This is a good cast. Could be fake. I don't know. 
could be real though. It sounds real. It sounds it sounds pretty good. I am going to say that this is a real movie. Mm-hmm. And that it's above seven stars. You think so, huh? That doesn't sound very confident, but uh, yeah, sure, I'll I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> well, if you're sure that that's what you want to go with, then okay. That would mean that you, my friend, get plus one point. Oh, it is a a little Pixar flick, seven point two out of ten stars, called A Bug's Life. Oh my gosh, A Bug's Life! Richard Kind plays Hopper's brother, David Hyde Pierce is the stick figure, and I think Roddy McDowell is one of the other grasshoppers. Wow. That's amazing. Let me see. See, what I've done is I, I'm not going to, like, Kevin Spacey and, and Phyllis Diller and, like, you know, some of those <laughs> you instantly recognize. John Ratzenberger. Mr. Soil. Mr. Soil. Which one is Mr. Soil? I think that's one of the ants. I think Mr. Soil is one of the ants. Sounds right. I'm curious now. Mr. Soil. Bug's life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the very proper British uh, ant that's hanging out with the queen all the time that's funny interesting that's funny all right on to uh onto my list for round three so mine third one i think yes. features ty burrell tim blake nelson and lou ferregno okay i know zero of those actors really like just the names off the top of off the top of nothing, like none of those are recognizable to me. Really, I thought at least one of them. Can can, would. can you can you read them off for me again? Okay, so you got Ty Burrell, as in T Y Burrell. I know you will know him when you see his face. I do know the face. Yep. Mo- Modern Family. Modern Family, okay. among other things. Okay. I saw him in an airport one time. So yeah. Of all things. So he stuck out in my mind. Okay. But he wasn't someone that before this I like knew his name. Okay. So you've got Tim Blake Nelson, who I know you will know because he was in a recent movie that you watched. Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, what movie did I see him in? A little movie called Holes. Oh, oh, oh. He was – he was – he was the camp counselor, wasn't he? He was the asshole counselor, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody called him mom, right? I think so. I just know that I just know that uh Zero whacked him with a with a shovel and it was yeah, the best. Yeah, scene. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. And who was the third one? Lou Ferregno. That's L O U F E R R I G N O. Uh wait, wait, wait. That's the guy who played the original live action Hulk, wasn't it? Maybe. You were you were making you were making that joke earlier. Yes, I did mention him earlier. <clears throat> you mentioned Lou Ferrigno earlier. Okay. 
Okay, I've got a little bit more. I got a little bit more context now. Oh boy, those three all sound way too random and obscure to to be accidental. That's that's the problem. They're, oh, they're they're all they're all just too out there and all just too random to be. To be to be nothing else. But the problem is, Lou Ferrigno. He's really only known for his Hulk roles. So mm-hmm. my my train of thought would be that maybe he comes back in like the Ang Lee Hulk movie or something, and those two guys are also in it. And if that's the case. Then Lou Ferrigno making a cameo in another Hulk movie. None of the Hulk movies were very good. I'm gonna say that this is a real movie. It's one of one of the Hulk movies. I have no idea which one, but none of them. I don't think any of them were above seven out of ten stars. So I'm gonna say below. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. Very interesting. Very, very. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you sure? Are you sure you want to keep that? I'm, I'm like 60, maybe 65% sure. I'm just throwing it. I'm just throwing your own logic back at him. I'm like, are you sure? I, yes, I deserve that because for all I know, Lou Ferrigno does do other stuff and I just haven't seen or heard of it. But I'm hedging my bets that it has to do with some kind of connection to the Hulk movies, which aren't very highly rated. So that's what I'm hedging my bets on. I'm I'm going to I'm going to say it is a real movie and that it's below 7 stars. Final answer. Okay. All right. Well, I will say that uh I'm impressed that you went pretty much all the way in figuring this out. Wait, what? It was a Hulk movie. It is. It is a Hulk movie. Really? Oh, so, uh, and it's one that, uh, you know, just kind of came to my mind recently. And, and yeah, putting Lou Ferrigno in there was kind of a, a pretty big giveaway. Eh. But, I, but, but, and I didn't know who, if you'd know Tim Blake Nelson or Ty Burrell, but I'm like, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to see what happens. No, see, those, those were good choices because if you, if you had gone with like one of the title actors, I might have caught on. But, Lou Ferrigno was like the only hint that I really had. I felt like if I put like Liv Tyler yeah. or Edward Norton, yep, exactly. who were other people in this movie, yep. that I think it would have been a dead giveaway too. Possibly. Um, but uh, you basically like reverse engineered that and figured it all out before you even like officially answered. So I'm proud of you. I'm proud yeah, of you. Dang it. This is, this is from June 13th, 2008. Directed by Lou, Louise Leterrier, the second installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Coming in at a whopping 6.7 stars. Ooh, cutting it close. The Incredible Hulk. Uh, uh, uh. Starring Edward Norton, Liv Tyler. Yeah. And yeah. featuring. And featuring. And featuring. Ty Burrell as Liv Tyler's boyfriend, 
slash uh, oh. X that uh, is in the way of uh, Edward Norton's Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. You have Tim Blake Nelson who plays this kind of crazy scientist guy who is gets like poisoned or something. He has something weird going on with his head and it's like teased that he could become a supervillain and then it's never brought up again. And then Lou Ferrigno shows up as a security guard or something. Kind of like a Stan Lee type appearance. Well, I think he appears with Stan Lee. Oh, okay. I think there's a moment where, like, there's two security guards, like, walking by Bruce Banner, and it's Lou Ferrigno and Stan Lee. Okay, that's cool. I can respect that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. You nailed it. All right. That's pretty cool. Not bad. Not bad. The whole reverse engineering thing. I was, I was like, I was kind of thinking that that might be what happened. Like once I finally realized that Ferregno was the Hulk, like we had talked about previously, I was like, wait a second. So I, I just got lucky with that one. <sighs> All right. You ready for round four? Yeah, sure. All right. What are we, what are we looking at here? I've got two, Three, four, you've got one, two, three scores. Four to three right now. So it's still go either way coming into these final two rounds. Cool. All right. My list for round number four is as follows. We've got Ted Danson. Oh. Nick Offerman. And BJ Novak. BJ Novak. I've... Okay, let me, let me, let me, uh... Do some some investigating here. BJ Novak, who do I... Oh, okay, that guy. Okay. I didn't know his name. <laughs> yeah, he's from he's from The Office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him before. I know this guy. Actually, what, okay. what's interesting is all three of these actors are from sitcoms. You know, Ted Danson's from Cheers. Nick Offerman is from Parks and Recreation. And then BJ Novak's from The Office. See, that's an interesting fact because did you just pull these out of thin air and just say, hey, these are from some big sitcoms and then make a great movie, but it's not a real movie! Or is it just a coincidence that all three of these people would end up in the same movie? Mm. The big question here. Really big questions. And I'm not sure I can answer them, but I'm gonna have to. (laughs) So, you're pulling out all the stops here. I'm impressed. But... I am going to say that this is not a real movie. Three, two, one. Oh, you're calling me out, are you? Interesting. Very, very interesting. What What makes you think this movie's fake? I think the whole connection between the, 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 the TV shows. You think it's just too good to be true? I think it's too good to be true. Well, my friend, let me introduce you to a little movie about how McDonald's got founded. Oh. Called The Founder. The Founder with uh, Nick Offerman. With good old, good old Michael Keaton. Yes, Michael Keaton and Nick Offerman are the two title role players, and B.J. Novak has a supporting role in it, and Ted Danson does not. Really? He does not appear in The Founder. (laughs) However, however, Ted Danson is in a movie with Nick Offerman called Heartbeats Loud. 
What? You've got you've <laughs> got one movie that's got Ted Danson and Nick Offerman, and you've got another movie that's got Nick Offerman and B.J. Novak, but the three of them do not appear in a movie all three together. Wow. Okay. I was not that. You just threw me off there. That was a roller coaster. You're like, oh, here's this movie, and it's got these. I'm like, okay, crap. And you're like, oh no, there's this movie. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> oh, Nick Offerman's the only common denominator between B.J. Novak and Ted Danson, but you do not see all three of them together in one movie. So you correctly called me out, and you've got plus two points, my friend. Damn. Damn, that uh, that's uh, that surprised me. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> well, when I, when I started talking about the founder, I, I was thinking, well, maybe he'll believe that like the founder actually has Ted Danson in it. <laughs> <laughs> you could have told me Ted Danson was in it. I'd be like, okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Whatever. <laughs> Sounds good to me. No, you get Danson and Offerman in Heartbeats Loud, and you get Offerman and Novak in The Founder, but you never get all three of them in the same movie. Wow. This wow. Close. This, this close. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. That was a good one. Mm. Well played. Thank well played, you. sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Ready for mine? I am. All right. So next up we got Bill Hader. Okay. Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. And Vanessa Hudgens. High school musical Vanessa Hudgens? I believe so. In a movie with Bill Hader and Billy Crystal? What are they doing in a movie with her? Who knows? Oh, man. Okay, so there's one thing that's tipping me off already right off the bat. By when I, when I asked about Vanessa Hudgens if she was in High School Musical, you said I believe so, which means you don't know her acting background, which means you could not have come up with this stuff out of thin air. You would have to pick an actor or an actress you're familiar with. So this is not a fake list. The question is whether this movie is quality enough to be above seven out of ten stars on IMDb. Bill Hader and Billy Crystal would lead me to believe that this is some sort of a comedy because those two both have really strong comedic backgrounds. Very interesting. But Hudgens is the wild card because those dudes would have to be like, like past their prime in order for her to be nearing her prime. They're just from two different eras of movies. That's that's the part that's throwing me off. Because she would have to be like in her 20s and they'd have to be in like their 50s or something for this movie to work. And I just don't think this movie works. Whatever it is, their chemistry was not was not very good. It, it couldn't have been. So based, based on your response when I asked about Vanessa Hudgens leads me to believe that it is a real movie. And then based on the type of chemistry you could expect from the three of them, I'm going to say this movie was not very well reviewed and therefore is below 7 out of 10 stars. Really? Final answer. Really? Interesting. Very interesting detective work. Watson? (laughs) Elementary. 
Very interesting. Question is how accurate it was. Well, you know, it is it is fascinating that you 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 pay attention to my words, and you you pay attention mm-hmm. to my phrasing, and how I spoke some things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the fact that that was completely unintentional on my part. I wasn't meaning anything. I knew she was in in High School Musical. Mm. So the fact that you picked up on that is, quite honestly, hilarious because it's a fake movie. Really? See, I, I, I was very, very close to trying to call you out on it. I was very, very close because Bill Hader and Billy Crystal in the same film as her just didn't seem very likely. But then she's also been in movies like The Night Before Christmas and Journey 2 and Beastly. Like, some of these films that she's been in outside of High School Musical just seem like the type of cheap flicks that you could get Billy Crystal to be in. And your logic is sound. Your logic is sound. Like, it's... Ugh. She was in Machete Kills. Can you believe that? Oh, boy. And it's funny. I don't know why her name came into my head. It just did. It just... I was... I had Bill Hader written down like a week ago. Mm-hmm. And then tonight, I'm like, okay... Uh, Billy, Bill Hader, Billy, uh, Billy Crystal. Okay, Billy Crystal. Okay, I'll put a Billy Crystal in there. And then I'm like, Vanessa Hudgens? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude, you you had a nearly perfect round this time because you called me out on my fake list and then you fooled me with your list. You got plus three that round. <laughs> Whoa! I got two, three, four. You've got a six-four advantage going into the final round. Wow. Jeez. So I'm going to you you made a heck of a comeback in that fake in in that in that fourth round right there. So heading into the end of the final round, I'm going to I'm going to have to bring I'm going to have to bring my A game. Oh man. Do, 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 do. We shall see. I you know what? I might dive into my my other five that I said I was going to save for um for Jake <laughs> and then leave this fifth one for next week. <laughs> Pulling out all the stops. I, I, Don't I hold gotta, back. I gotta, I gotta dig deep for this one, man. I gotta dig deep. Oh man. Uh, okay, okay. I have, I have a list ready for for my fifth and final round of the evening. This is, this is my selection. Uh, this three includes Will Arnett, Nicholas Cage. And Patton Oswalt. Ooh. That's interesting. That's a very interesting cast list. So Will Narnett, you got Patton Oswalt, and you got Nicolas Cage. Yes, sir. All terrific actors. Great people. And it really feels like they all could have been in a movie together at some point. Possibly. I'm thinking animated. I'm thinking animated again. Because you really like those animated movies. You you pull on those. You really try to trip me up sometimes with those animated Jeez. movies. So, I'm thinking... I'm thinking this is real. But I think it's below seven stars. It's just, that's just an inkling that I have. I could be wrong. Maybe you'll get get the best of me, or maybe I'll sweep the board. 
but that's just my opinion right now. You, sir, have very, very interesting instincts. Interesting is probably a good way to put it. It's it's a good way, and and interesting in a way that the 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 way that I was able to deduce how things were going down in the Incredible Hulk is almost identical to the way you just identified my movie. <laughs> Can I take a guess as to which movie it is? Oh, by all means, the Lego Movie. No, sir. Okay, all right. I was on the right track, but not all the way there. You you were on the right track, and I was hoping that an animated film might slide by you, but apparently it did not. And uh, this movie actually is below 7 out of 10 stars. I was hoping to get you with that. Like, even if you guessed that it was a real movie, you'd be like, this movie's too good to not be 7 out of 10. Then you went below, and I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Like, I thought, even if he did guess it was a real movie, I could still steal a point by him guessing above 7 out of 10 stars when it's actually 6.8. Oh my gosh! 6.8 out of 10 stars, just .2 below our threshold of the evening. And you've got Will Arnett as Slade, Nicolas Cage as Superman, and Patton Oswalt as Adam in Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Oh my gosh. It's funny. Will Arnett, I just immediately think of Batman. Yes. I think of Lego Batman. So that's what turned me on to, okay, but maybe Patton Oswalt's one of those guys, he'll be in anything. He would be in an animated movie. And Nick Cage, obviously, he's he's known for noir Spider-Man in Spider-Verse. I'm like, okay, maybe maybe he was in that movie. Um, This sounds like an animated voice cast, and I was correct. <sighs> yes, sir, you were, which means you claim the game, because even if I call you out on your next one, you're up by three, and the most points I can get now is two. Oh, my gosh. I almost feel bad about this. Lay it on me, brother. Let's see what the final tally ends up being. You, you want me to go ahead with mine? Let's do it. Let's see if I can at least claim a point before the night's over. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Let's just go ahead and put this one on the board and see what happens. So the first one is Pat Morita. Okay. Second one is Eddie Murphy. Third is Donnie Osmond. Mr. Miyagi with Dr. Doolittle? Yep. What? Eddie Murphy and, and Osmond? Donnie Osmond. The Donnie Osmond. The Donnie Osmond. Pat Morita... Murphy was not in Karate Kid. This was something other in Pat Morita's career. But I really don't know the rest of his career. I really, I really don't. So I feel like this might be a bit of an older movie. And older movies don't get very positively reviewed. Even if they are good movies, they still don't end up with very great reviews. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with real movie below seven stars. Final answer. Real movie below seven stars is your final answer. Interesting choice. Very very interesting. You got one of those two correct. It is a real movie, but it's above seven stars. Yes. Well, that's another point to you then. So I am talking about. 
from June 19th, 1998. From directors Tony Bancroft and Barry Cook. Starring Ming-Na Wen, Eddie Murphy, B.D. Wong. Mulan. 1998 Mulan, the original. The original Mulan. I didn't realize Pat Morita did a role in that. I didn't either until I looked it up. Oh. <laughs> On ne- it was Mushu the Dragon. How am I? Oh. <laughs> See, I knew Eddie Murphy would either immediately get your attention or it would go right past you. It, yeah. It went. <laughs> and it went right over your head. Wow. But I was on Netflix earlier as I was looking up Camp Cretaceous and Cobra Kai came up. Yep. And I'm like, oh, Karate Kid, Pat Morita. And I was like, okay, what's that guy's name? I looked it up his name, Pat Morita. And then I'm like, okay, what other movies was he in? And I looked up. I'm like, oh, he's in Mulan. And then there you go. That's crazy. So two for Ben in that round. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Final tally on the evening, a score of eight to four in favor of Mr. Hart. Wow. I was not expecting that. Usually I'm terrible this game. You, those last two rounds, I was up after three rounds. Those last two rounds, you crushed it. Whew. You freaking crushed it, man. Final score, eight to four after a round of five. All right, Mr. Jake Damon, wherever you are. This is the, I'm throwing down the gauntlet. I want to see what you've got. Seriously. I, I need a new challenger. Wow. Okay. <laughs> need I remind you that I only used half of my list? I know. I know. Next time it's going to be three-way. It's going to get real interesting. Yeah, next time we're having a threesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to make it weird. Always do, my friend, especially at this hour of the night. Uh... I tell you what, uh, I'm just I'm just gonna do a very very abbreviated version of of the the barbecue segment because I know that we're short on time and we gotta go. Here's here's what I've got planned for an upcoming fuller barbecue segment. Is this is gonna be a preview for it? Just Ooh. dropped today. We don't even need to do the barbecue music, honestly. We really don't because it's it's not <laughs> gonna be that long of a segment. Hey, it's less editing for me, so I'm cool with that. Yeah, we we really don't need to do it all that much. Um. This this is this is a this is a mm, appetizer, if you will, for a future BBQ. Yeah, uh, just dropped today. Not only did Camp Cretaceous drop today, but we also got a a new uh, TV show on Netflix called The American Barbecue Showdown, yeah. and it's it's an eight episode miniseries about some of the best um, pit smokers in the game. Some of the best slow cookers, pit smokers in the barbecue world. And there's a eight-episode competition using a variety of different um, types of preparation that these people are going to be competing in to see who becomes the, uh, the top barbecue person in America. So the first episode is a combo plate that's two meats and two sides. Second episode, they have to make a barbecue for 50 first responders. So it's barbecue in bulk. Oh, wow. The third episode is all about ribs. They have to tackle both pork and beef ribs, one with a dry rub and one with a wet sauce. Fourth episode, I think this is going to be the one that's right in your wheelhouse, bud. It's called Tournament of Sandwiches. Oh! They have to serve up a trio of sandwiches to be judged, one including savory chicken with a crunchy slaw, 
a five-layer stacks of beef and sausage sandwich. And then right in the middle of all that, they have to prepare a tender and tangy pork sandwich. So that sounds pretty interesting. Oh, I am I am intrigued. A little, little, little mouth-watering right there. And then they get to do some creative stuff as well. Episodes 5 and 7 are both kind of out-there types of barbecue. Episode 5 involves using wild animals as their meats, including lizard, beaver tail, and pulled alligator. Alligator Yowza. barbecue. I don't know if I could do that. I, I don't know if I would know how to prepare it, and I don't know if I would know how to eat it, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> I don't know. I think I may have had alligator at some point, but not um, – yeah, I'd leave the alligators alone. They, they've been through enough. So episode seven uses ingredients and equipment from places like Morocco, Argentina, and Japan. Ooh. So it turns into some exotic barbecue in episode seven. Episode, episode six involves teamwork working in pairs taking care of proteins from the past including salmon and mutton so getting to really stretch your boundaries there and then the season finale is titled the whole hog oh god they have to build their own pits and slow cook an entire hog and brisket overnight Ooh, whole hog is intense at, like this sounds like the BBQ watch experience of the year. Honestly, you get a taste. You get a taste of everything. You get ribs. You get beef. You get pork. You get sandwich. You get alligator. You get a whole hog slow cooked overnight. You get exotic barbecue from around the world. This show essentially is BBQ watch. It is. It should be called BBQ watch. It really, honestly, it's although, but we have that term coined. Sure. And it is copyrighted it's our, so that Netflix couldn't use it. It's our it's our trademark. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. So if you're interested in finding that, it's on Netflix. It's called The American Barbecue Showdown. you got to spell it out. B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E. The American Barbecue Showdown. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to be taking a look at it soon. I'm also going to be finishing up Camp Cretaceous. So who knows? That may be something that we end up talking about a little bit more down the line. But that's something to wet your whistle and get you thinking about. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll talk about which one was our favorite episode from that season uh, a little bit further down the line. Looking forward to it. I'm looking and, forward to uh, that, and I'm looking forward to like continuing our, our tradition of beyond uh, you know, what we do after 100th episode is over. You know, We did something special for the 100, 200. We did something special for 250. You never really do anything for 301. Like, yeah, I guess we did this time, but I don't think we did anything special for 201. I don't think we did anything special for like 151. So just uh, back to business as usual. Or you know, in in this case, business. in this case, it was just kind of like all over the place because we, we didn't really have a plan. But it, it, like I said, it turned out all right. We got some interesting stuff to talk about. We played one, two, three, which is something we have not played in quite a long time, a and I've missed minute. it been a hot minute that's for sure so uh yeah i'm sorry that our good buddy jake damon could not be here but maybe maybe he'll maybe he'll be here next week maybe a week after that um because you know everybody's schedule is crazy these days like it, it, yep. it's a wonder even we can be on here sometimes <laughs> so uh and you're not gonna be here next week so like that just proves it right there that right. it's uh it's insanity but we're gonna try to keep pumping out episodes even if it's just dead air it's just the intro and it's just like, hey, guys, uh, we're not here. 
<laughs> Listen to Dead Air. We've we've already done that. Remember when we did the showreel cut? People were mad. <laughs> like Joey Mays, one of our patrons, he got legit mad. Like, what are you doing? What is this? Yeah, that whole that whole uh thing where we pretended <laughs> that we we actually promised to explain that on episode three hundred and we did not. Oh, we did. So uh, basically. Long story short, remind us, I'll, I'll tell the full story later. We don't want to have time tonight. But uh, basically, we had planned to do an episode, fully planned to do an episode, and then I screwed it all up with my schedule. And so we only had about 20 minutes left to, like, do something. So we did that. And we're like, okay, we're just going to fool the hell out of everyone and uh, pretend we're going to do an episode. Poor Joey. It was the one week he could actually tune in live, and he's just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah, see, and you played it on the channel, and then like, oh yeah, we're going to get ready to do the do the show, and uh, nothing happened. <laughs> it off, and everybody's like, what just happened? I think my internet disconnected. Can you guys see my messages in the chat? <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel so bad. I feel so bad. And, and I was going to like... I I stopped short of like hyping it up on Star Wars Underworld. I'm like, oh yeah, we got a great episode coming up this week. It's gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be the best episode ever. It was. It was one of our best episodes was, we ever did. It was amazing. And we didn't record it. We didn't record it. It was so good. We didn't record it. <laughs> oh man, imagine if we did that. Like we just forgot to hit the record button one time. We have like the best episode ever, and then we're like, uh, did anybody have Audacity on? <laughs> that's that's the worst. That's the podcast. Worst nightmare. It truly is. I have nightmares about recording podcasts and then not hitting the record button. Oh man, that's tough stuff. I have I have nightmares of not having my professional sounding microphone plugged in and and everybody's listening to my thoughts through the little microphone on my computer. <laughs> that that's that's my the things we uh, the things that uh, turn up. Our lives into a horror movie. Ugh. If that's a horror movie, that's a pretty sorry one that's going to end up on Amazon Prime, like Zombies or Velocipaster. Definitely would not get above seven stars on IMDb. No, if just we get, saying. If we get like point seven. That's <laughs> points. <laughs> uh, speaking of our patrons, we mentioned Joey Mays, but we've also got some really awesome other people that help contribute to the program. We didn't do a commercial break this week because we were just having so much momentum, but. Thanks to Joey, Ryan, Rachel, Dan, and Carrie Fleming. If you're interested in becoming a patron on the program, then check us out at ipcpodcast.podbean.com. There is a entire library of our 300 episodes available there that you can subscribe to. And then uh, there's other really cool stuff that you can be a part of for just a couple of U.S. dollars per month. It's not a whole lot, and it gets you some really exclusive, really fun access. So, be sure to go check that out, check us out, and find us on social media as well at IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to keep going. We, we've done this 300 to- 301 times, and uh, hopefully we'll do it another 300 times. Oh, man, we shall see. <laughs> it took us six years to get to 300 episodes. I don't know about you, but I don't know what I'm going to be doing when I turn 33. I don't even want to think about that. No, <laughs> don't want to think about that. And thir- 33 is a lot closer for me than it is for you, so that's scary. Man. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, buddy. 
but we will. We're not. We will. Us. In the meantime, it's going to be. I don't know. It's going to be something. Oh it, well, that's basically all that 2020 has been. It's been something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how about that 2020? Oh yeah, that's really something. <laughs> no, I think next year just needs to be 2020. We need to forget this ever happened. Just start over. Call a mulligan on this year. Nobody actually. 2021 doesn't start until the next year. Like, we just can't keep going. Oh, man. Nobody actually got it right when they were talking about back in 2015. Where do you see yourself in five years? I don't know. I don't have 2020 vision. Those jokes. Those jokes. Nobody had 2020 vision. I bet you nobody predicted the type of stuff that we've had this year but we're still coming away stronger from it and i think we're going to be better for it so we'll uh we'll just see what happens but whatever doesn't kill us makes us stronger i guess stranger stranger speaking of which when is stranger things happening i've been waiting since we need it now i've been waiting since valentine's day for stranger things to do anything give us anything and they still haven't, so I don't... See, like, we got that trailer where Hopper's back and everything like that. What happened? Where is it? Yeah, that happened Valentine's Day, and then we haven't heard Boo Squat from him since, so... Seriously, teasing us, and then we go through a pandemic. We absolutely need new Stranger Things right now. Uh, it's probably, you know, everything's COVID-related now. Sure. It's not happening? Probably COVID. Sure. Sure. Well, dude, where where can people keep up with you online when we're in between episodes? Well, if they, for some reason, want to hear more or read more of what's coming out of my mouth right now, um, they can follow me, at Ben Hart, with no E, on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also hear my voice each and every week on the Star Wars Underworld podcast, broadcasting Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, talking all the latest Star Wars news and more. Um, I also uh, work with uh, Culture Slate, at Culture Slate, at, uh, on all the social medias, at the SWU. And I think that's everything. I got so much stuff going on. It's just it's, it's ridiculous, and my head's kind of spinning. But yeah, follow me at all those places if you want. Oh, man, that's a lot of places. I don't have nearly as many places as that. I basically have a, a, a Twitter page and an Instagram page. Follow me on Twitter at ZachTheVoice, Z-A-C-H, The Voice, and follow me on Instagram at Zach.TheVoice. So uh, that's that's pretty much all I got. And then I got this little podcast. I'm doing some high school football play-by-play, so if you're interested in local high school athletics in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, that's super regional considering we've got listeners on the other side of the world, so... You're probably not interested in that, but if you are, <laughs> you can you can find those updates on those platforms as well. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another fun episode. I won't be here, but uh, somebody will be here, and we'll have more podcasting stuff. So we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, that's gonna do it for episode 301 of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that you'll tune in next week. Until that time comes around, we're just gonna leave you with this final thought belief is not a matter of choice but of conviction and we have the conviction that you will be back for another episode of IPC but until then good night everyone